Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. So, uh, it was meant to be a boring off-season. I'd say that was kind of the consensus going into it. Um, but it has not been boring at all so far. What's happened, Sam? Um, well, lots has happened and a lot is about to happen, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Is so I I'll say the reason it was meant to be boring ish was we've had all the free agent class well, the stars don't get to free agency most of the time, but we have like no really exciting ones here. Levine, there was a brief murmur he might go somewhere else and then that wasn't gonna happen. Beale got the insane contract, so he's staying. Um and James Harden's player option that he forgot to fax in or whatever the hell it was at the deadline. Um he's gonna stay with the Sixers as expected. Although taking a salary cut, which is one of the twists, taking a pretty big salary cut, which allowed yeah, them to I get mean, the players. There's been a lot of twists, really, haven't there? Um, well, the fact that Kyrie was going to leave and then he opted in and then he's going to leave again. Yeah. Although maybe some of that stuff we should... Um, we won't go too much to some of that stuff because we could then make this podcast go out of date very, very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sounds like we're going to get particularly the Durant one. Um, we are sorry. I, was, I thought I had notification about Durant, then it wasn't. It was about baseball. Um, is that could be in couple? This is Monday night here in the UK, and that sounds like the Durant thing might happen relatively soon. Looks like Raptors or Suns, but we'll be back on that one at some yeah. point. We 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 may be back doing another one of these like tomorrow or something. Yeah. Or it could Maybe go on that. for ages. I mean, that's the other option here is that the yeah. Nets uh, um, hold out. But yeah, steering clear of that, um, avoiding getting into that too much. What have been the things that have actually happened that were not expected? As kind of expected with, well, the expected thing because there's limited cap space for the good teams was it was going to be trades um, or sign-in trades. Another yeah. thing we're waiting would on you, is Aiton. Um, but I guess is why it wasn't expected to be that interesting is because there, were, there weren't free agents particularly were they like not big name free agents that were like definitely going to move no but one of the biggest things that happened was Rudy Gobert obviously and that was coming in some direction although the actual trade which I guess we'll come on to in a bit the size of the trade was not expected um Malcolm Brogdon had been rumoured to be getting traded for a while, ends up at the Celtics. Jalen Brunson somehow became like the biggest free agent story. Um, and he's at the Knicks. The um, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle. Um, I'm yeah, not, I, mean, I can't even call that a big three. Um, yeah, I don't know what they, what are they doing with that? Because they've, haven't they, they've basically used up like a lot of their cap space now, and they? they're not. And for a while, that's the big thing for they've me. They've like got to have to get an actual star. And what they've got, guys, like maybe going to be like average as a starting point guard in the league at best. Yeah. Um. I mean, they they were quite good a couple of years ago, like unexpectedly, but they. They've not given them any room to improve anymore, have they? Well, so that... Randall had that most improved campaign and he was all NBA. And then last year, he was back to the guy he was before that. RJ Barrett keeps... They're basically relying on Randall bouncing back 
to where he was for one year of his career. Brunson building on one like massive year he had last year. They've paid a lot of money for a lot of years to two guys based on one season. And then RJ Barrett keeping to develop keeping developing. But even that, even like the problem I've got is even the best case scenario, unless RJ Barrett becomes like a real force at both ends. Say he just keeps like this, like a sub all star, good like two wayish wing. Even if Brunson is the player he was last year, when the spacing was a lot better and he was playing next to Luka Doncic most of the time. And when he wasn't, it was against a jazz defense that just like couldn't stop anyone. And Randall's back to the guy he was before. That team's not even that good. Like the best case scenario, no. which I don't think is going to happen, is like a. They're not. They're still probably not better than the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Heat. Or well, well they're definitely not better. Than it's a question of. I mean, do they? They're even going to get in the playoffs. <laughs> Why at the moment? I'm like, yeah. well, their best. The like ceiling for them at the end of next year would be seventh, and then you're two losses away yeah. from not being in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're not um, better than the Hawks at the moment, for instance. That's another that's big one that I didn't mention. Best case scenario. The other big move um, was Jonte Murray, obviously, which I didn't quite touch on earlier. Yeah, but and then Knicks and just the Knicks. It's just Knicks things. I kind of, in general. And I, I said when we move on to Murray in a little bit, I'll probably come back to this. It's nice when teams try to be better than they were. The thing with the Knicks is that this, I just don't know where they're trying to go. Is what I'd say is like partly. So part of it for me is with Brunson is he was brilliant at points and particularly in the Jazz series, but there's also like he's an undersized point guard that's going to be a weak point defensively. He doesn't shoot threes. Like he lead, maybe he leads the offense and like his production keeps going up, but I also feel like he might just get a lot less efficient. He's not a guy that gets to the rim and gets fouled loads. He's like a mid range, uses his body, has got a weirdly good like yeah. postish game. Like I, I don't know how much better he gets than he is now. The player he is now is like quite good. But the point yeah, with the he's... Mavericks was we were like they can't win. They, the reason they won't win the title is they need a second star next to Doncic. Was like so on a really really good team, he might be the third guy, Brunson, and that's next to Luca. Yeah. That's next to Luca, who might be yeah, like the he's... best player in the league, sort of level. I I guess yeah. I was saying there's maybe there's a difference between the like just looking to improve your team and looking to like a path to a championship. But like not every team is always looking for that because I guess well, not every team can do no. that. But my, that's where my issue with it is that there's not even a step to go. It's the fact that Randall's right. on the long contract, now Brunson's on a long contract, and Barrett. And it's like there's not even... So their next move would be you trade Barrett and Picks for a star, but it's like, well, he's your upside. So and Brun, Brunson's yeah. sort of an asset now. Like, I think that's a, it's a tradable contract. It's not suddenly... It's not a massive overpay, given where the numbers yeah. are going to. But it's also just a. Uh, this is like several years of what your team is. Although, as you're saying about him playing with Doncic, well, it also depends on what what's he actually look like when he's not next to Doncic. Yeah, I think it's obviously a big question. Because um, I'm what was he? So was he coming off the bench quite a lot? Um, was he? 
started mostly. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember in the season. It seems like a long time ago. I mean, he was starting in the playoffs and playing big minutes is basically the big thing, isn't it? Um, he was finishing games. Started 61 yeah. out of 79 last year. Yeah, he basically moved into starting lineup. Let's just double check that. Yeah. And then, yeah. And in that case, he is then on the floor with Doncic all the time, which then, I mean, it changes things in a lot of ways, doesn't it? It's like he's, Doncic's getting all the attention. You're also getting the, you know, the, the playmaking from Doncic playing next to that is just going to make your numbers better. Also, when, so he was really good against the Jazz, but like I said, I don't know. I mean, he was really good. I'm not, I don't mean to be like, I'm just like beating him up here, but the Jazz's perimeter defense was, is like notoriously hilarious. Um, and when Dallas went on their run in the second half of the season, part of it was that they had loads of spacing because they were playing Doncic, Brunson, Bullock, Finney Smith, and then often Kleber, and they were just spreading the floor. And Brunson's a guy who wants yeah. to like get to his spot in the mid range and then. And but there's the spacing's not going to be there on that. Yeah, they've, yeah, because they've also they've also um, just resigned Mitchell Robinson out for a lot right? of money. I was amazed he got 15 million a year, um, and then so they've got Mitchell Robinson's going to be starting and Randall, who had one year where he could shoot, and then last year he couldn't shoot threes again, and it's like this is going to be very clogged up, isn't it? Yeah, it's. He's not. He's not going there to win a championship, is he? I think we can say that, really. Uh, but yeah, again, it's like I don't know. I mean, it's, it was a second round pick. He's done well, and now he gets this big contract to go play in New York. It's like pretty good, pretty nice career arc for him at the moment. Yeah, it's a good story, and he's ended up at the team where his dad is now on the staff and. Leon Rose, who's in charge, like I really, I didn't realize was, that. is really close friends with his dad and has known Jalen Brunson since he was a little kid and stuff, which is part of the reason he ended up going there. Um, I just, I, so I, I kind of like the fact that, like I said, they've tried to make themselves better, but I'm also just a little bit of like, I don't know where this is heading. And they, so they got Isaiah Hartenstein, which is like, it was a really desirable um, center after he had a nice year with the Clippers. But so they're playing him. I think he's eight a year, I think. And Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. What's that which about? also just feels like very, feels kind of old school now to have like, that's quite a lot of money committed to two proper centers. And you've got Randall of the four. Yeah. And everything just feels a bit, well, all of the best teams recently have had lineup flexibility. There's not even that like there for the Knicks at the moment is it's, yeah. Um, I mean, it's an interesting point, actually, with the lineup flexibility thing, because I'd say it maybe says a bit of a theme with some of like, the big moves so far that it's kind of um, meant that those teams have ended up without lineup flexibility, I'd say. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how that goes for them. Um, One thing I've seen as well is um, is the size. Is people getting paid to so talk about the Mavericks? They gave Javale McGee, I think, like six a year, um, which is a weird one. Off they just got Christian Wood, but they've basically gone like, "We're going to be huge." Doncic, Hardaway, or whoever, but then like Doncic, Bullock slash Hardaway, 
I guess, Finney Smith, Wood, McGee. Like, we're just not going to have any little guys anymore. And what we yeah. saw throughout the playoffs was basically you, you're, you're going to get, like, crushed if you've got too many little guys, or in some cases, any, and we're going to have to go big. I think also a response to the fact that the three leaders in MVP last year, um, the guy who won finals MVP in 2021, Yanis, Jokic, and Bede, is basically like you're going to, like, like we mentioned with the yeah. Warriors, is they got away with being a bit smaller and they have Draymond, so it's slightly different. But in general, is there's this, like the best guys in the league are huge at the moment. Yeah, and then if you come up against one of those guys and you don't have anyone to slow them down. Or, or those ball handlers who are hard. big, like Luca actually, or Tatum, or obviously LeBron and Still and Kawhi, is if you've got little guys, they're just like, yeah, come on. We're going to pick on you. We're going yeah. to go at you. Um, so that, there's like, that's part of investing in the flexibility. But there's been quite a few contracts for centers that surprised me. Guys that I thought would be like, sort of, they just, they were get, they've been getting minimums in recent years and they didn't. Claxton getting yeah, 10 a year as well, actually. Who's getting 10? Nick Claxton. That seems a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's just quite a few of these that I've been like, oh, that's not. Not really what it's going for. Yeah, it's nice. To, I mean, maybe actually the tourists talk of big men. Maybe we should move. It's time maybe to move on to the um, the big, the biggest trade. What in, in height wise, the biggest trade? Yeah, um, and in in assets, um, exchanging hands, probably. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is in, in the assets part of it. So Shall yeah, I read it this out? is. Uh, is Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for... Shall I do it? I'm going to go through all of it because it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, who the Timberwolves just selected in the first round, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro, unprotected first round picks from Minnesota in 23, 25 and 27, a swap in 26 and a top five protected pick in 29. So yeah, so they they basically like emptied the cupboard of picks completely. It's basically five firsts that that's they've, five years where you cannot suck. They've gone fully, fully all in, essentially. Um, and I mean they made they made the playoffs last year. Basically, they got very excited. Yeah, and well, the one who got most excited was Patrick Beverly, who after saying he's got the next five years, it now just gets traded like every off season. Yeah. Um I mean well I know you're not you're not a fan of this trade, are you? I'm I'm interested in it. It would be like fascinating if it works. Um I'm more just that is an incre the Gobert contract was this like it's a huge, huge number. Yeah. And that they've given up so long. many picks. It was, it, yeah, it was it almost, I swear before when it was talked about Gobert getting traded, it was like, oh yeah, with that contract, it's like... Just if someone oh, takes the contract. Yeah. It's like verging on untradeable. Um, and he's been and traded... to give up that much as well. Been traded to a team with another Supermax centre, which is even more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that is the ridiculous bit. But also... The bit that I think might make the Timberwolves quite good to watch. I mean, they were quite good to watch last year, weren't they, really, with Anthony Edwards? I mean, yeah, he's just a lot of fun, isn't he? And, and um, 
uh, cars in town's like hitting like shooting like forty percent from free as a seven footer. Something ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I'm probably watching a bit of that, but also it's going to go. It's going to go one way or the other, isn't it? It could be. It's either be entertaining and it just being a complete like car crash. It's it's either uh, going to be like a two K hack where they've just gone yeah. forward the centers and it's impossible to ever get a rebound against them either end, or that. So there's going to be some of that because. The, although the weird thing is because Gobert can't really destroy the switches, you don't have that thing. It's like you can still yeah. hide the little guy and go bear if you want. Um, and I guess they're basically just going with like, well, with Edwards and Towns, our offense is going to be fine. And Gobert basically yeah. guarantees you a top 10 defense on his own, even when the Jazz were playing like me and you yeah. next to him. So, yeah. And, and obviously, like historically, that's been their issue. It was a bit better last year, wasn't it? That the Timples defense. Yeah. But. But they but had like, to play a certain. They had to be really aggressive because of Towns was, at five. Yeah, and it was basically like, yeah, Towns is not a good defensive centre. He's like hoping to get better, and it's like, yeah, he still isn't. So we'll get like the best defensive centre of like this generation, pretty much. Um, and then I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. The concern, really, though, is just um, on offense. Is like his. Complete lack of versatility. What Gobert? Yeah, isn't it? Because I generally these like twin towers kind of things. When they out like that, they do work sometimes. But when it does, it's usually like two big men that are reasonably versatile. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, like recent years, like in the kind of modern era, the Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins thing that we've had for a incredibly short time. skilled, two incredibly skilled yeah. big men. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Gobert isn't that at all. Like, it's almost like instead of two like similar big men, you've got two like polar opposite big men. I my concern a little bit as well is that Towns, because Gobert will basically be clogging the paint. Yeah, is Towns then end up does end up just playing as like a four, and you end up with him like spotted up on the perimeter all the time? Is that well? He's yeah, a very expensive. It, then, like, you then lose his a lot of his offensive because he's way game. more skilled than that, and you end up with like a what a, a three and no D power forward on a supermax like that's so the the offense I'm not as worried about because I partly think like you you can make it work maybe you start running like Towns Gobert pick and roll and have shoot like they've got to have Ad, Edwards on the weak side like there's there's ways you can make that work that Towns and Edwards I think together are just so good that that'll probably be all right the other end of the floor is where I'm like so yeah, Gobert in the regular season at least is going to raise your floor defensively. So when they go small, when teams go small, is people can't punish. Gobert can't punish the fact you go small against him at the other end. What happens when Towns? So if if you basically have four perimeter guys in a big, or in some cases people are playing five proper perimeter guys, take the Lakers actually. Um, if they are a a thing, if they manage to get Kyrie particularly, they are going to end up running some and probably quite a lot of AD at the five, LeBron at the four. You have nowhere to put Towns. You have what you have him on LeBron. There's no way he's going to be able to guard LeBron. And on a different scale, ironically, one of the other difficult configurations for this is if they face the Warriors 
and the Warriors do their small lineup where they have Andrew Wiggins at the four, or even maybe Kaminga yeah. if he comes on. Towns can't stay in front of either of those guys either. So, and it's like, well, you can't, yeah. Gobert obviously can't go and do that. But yeah, it's basically, it's Towns is like a, not a good defensive centre, but it's, there's a good chance he's a worse defensive anything else. He Well, he's not going to get, really. he doesn't have to deal with the, like getting embarrassed by Embiid and Jokic. And he's can, he's relatively mobile, but that's like, well, that's fine if he's against Tobias Harris. But the guys that are really explosive, like LeBron or um, or Wiggins or uh, other people's names won't come into mind. Uh, uh, weirdly, the Clippers are not such an issue because they all all of their guys are so similar. It's like you could just put them on like Marcus Morris, yeah. and then someone else does with Kawhi and Paul Jordan. It's like okay, fine, but then they've got the Gobert issue because the Clippers have spread the floor, and then you've got Gobert in space and. You're going to have Towns just like guarding it. I just don't... It would be really interesting. It might actually change the league if this properly works and I get to the finals with it. But it's, for a guy, kind of quirky experiment, it's one, really expensive in contracts, and that many draft picks. As we'll find out when we talk about Jonte Murray, I don't mind the draft picks as, like, in general, but this is so many picks. This is, like, almost as many as you can give up in a trade. Yeah. And it's for something that, that, like, I don't know. The talking about getting to finals kind of seems over the top, given where they are and where they've been for the last, like, decade, I guess. Um, Longer, yeah. Longer. But it's like when they are, when they're acquiring a guy on that much money and giving up that many picks, it's like that is, that's the mode they've, like, switched into. Or Or they should be. That's what they should be thinking once you've, given all that stuff up. You don't give them all that stuff up to have like a marginal game. You don't do that to like, be a second round exit. Which it, it does seem ridiculous though, looking at that team of like talking about them as a finals team, like where they are. But is that's, I, I feel like you kind of have to talk about it in that context with. This is like the Drew Holiday trade. Up. It's almost the same capital game on the Drew Holiday trade. And they had yeah. the two time MVP and were be, had been very close to getting to the finals, and that was the piece that they then became champions. This is the sort of trade this is, and it is, it might work. I'd be kind of amazed and impressed if it does work, but like this is a huge gamble, an enormous gamble, because both of those contracts for a start means you're not going to have any spending power, and they'll have to extend Edwards. Those those rookie extensions come around quicker than you think. He's already two years through the league. He's going to be getting paid yeah. soon, and then it's like, well, you just this is it for like five years is his towns go bear Edwards and you don't have any, well, in most years you don't have a draft pick to get more fresh talent. that's cost controlled alongside them. You just kind of get into this, like, well, this better work. Cause it could better work and better work soon. Cause my first thought with it was just like, that's, that might be like the worst trade anyone's ever made. It's just, it feels like new ownership. We better do something. We'll get this three-time defense player of the year. And there's ways you can look at it and think, oh, well, it could do this or it could do this. But then there's just like, you've got two. Carl Anthony Towns' whole NBA career until that trade happened. He's been a center. 
and this is the time to go, oh, no, we're, we're going to not play at centre anymore. But you've gone so all in on him not being a centre now. There's not a way for him to become a centre again. If it turns no. out he can't play the power forward, because you also, you kind of put, like, suppress some of his offensive value. Is he still an incredible offensive talent? But most of that, a lot of that value is because he was a centre and that offensive player. If he's that no. offensive player out of the four, I just... I, I was just amazed. I can't believe they gave up three unprotected, the swap, and another top five protected pick. Yeah, I, what would you think would have been a reasonable price? Like one first, because they gave up. Yeah. They gave up other stuff. Like it's not hugely valuable, but like Walker Kessler, they just drafted in the first round. Jared Vanderbilt is like part of their rotation. Patrick Beverly was starting for them. So Malik the, Beasley. The Walker Kessler thing, it's a, essentially it's like an extra first yeah, round so pick. Basically, it's six first round picks. Yeah, it, it's just all in as you can go. Pretty much, yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, let's uh, Let's talk about the other big trade then. I don't know if it's the other big trade. There might have been others. I've well, which one do you mean? Well, the one you keep mentioning. Murray. Okay. Yeah. Um, which, again, I talk, when I was talking about the flat roster flexibility thing, people having, like, what are you talking about? People, like, people having lineup flexibility and stuff. Mm. Uh, like the best teams lately. So, obviously, this thing is they're now stuck playing two centres all the time. The Dimples. With that Murray trade... The one concern I have is that, yeah, it's, even though Murray is obviously a much better defender than Trey Young, he's like actually a good defender. They're like opposite ends of the spectrum defensively, yeah. Yeah. They are now basically stuck, though, playing two point guards. Yeah, that's what's really weird about these two, the is the two trades that involved draft capital. It's like, we'll get, we've got our star player. Both cases were actually, it was like, We've got this offensive star player who's not a great defender. Uh, we'll just get a good, a good defensive player that also plays that position. At risk of sounding like a broken record, this is the problem with having how how great are star players when they're one-way star players, like Towns and Trey, yeah. where we're everything about building around them is well, how do we cover? Them? Yeah, yeah, really good there as well. Is like. Although I'd even say the fact that Rudy Gobert is whatever he's seven foot one, seven foot two, and he's a lob threat. Yeah. And an offensive rebounder, is he's more effective offensively than like Trey is defensively? Is Trey is just yeah. like black hole, tiny. And like when you get to this, like you've got to build the whole team around. We've got this guy's our absolute star. He's clearly our best player, although more debatable with Towns going forward with Edwards, I think. Um, and they're so fundamentally flawed on one side of the ball, is I just think it's incredibly hard to build like a title-challenging team around that. Yeah. Well, you end up doing what, like you said, both... Well, Murray is also way better offensively than Trey is defensively, and he was like a triple-double guy a lot last year. Great attacking the rim, great playmaker, really good rebounding guard, all of this stuff. But you end up like having to do everything to counteract this other thing, and then 
what's still going to happen if they get into the latter round of the playoffs is they're going other teams are going to make Trey have to guard people and defend, and it will happen yeah. with Towns still as well. Um, but I, I was just double checking the cost on this after rabbiting on about the picks in the um, the other one. What was the exact thing here? So this is the difference. It's a lottery protected first next year from Charlotte. Um, lottery protected. Yeah. 2025 unprotected, 2026 swap, and 2027 first unprotected. Plus Danilo Gallinari, who has since been uh, bought out and went to the um, Celtics. Went to Celtics, yes, on the mid level. Yeah, so it's. So were there no players in that as well? It was, well, Gallinari was the salary because Murray's on this really cheap contract for two years. Um, you assume they're now under quite a lot of pressure to extend him and he will get yeah. the big contract. Um, yeah, it's a more reasonable price, I guess, isn't it? They're not quite fully all in, are they, with that? But they're getting that. I mean, they a couple of years ago, they've had this... Was it a couple of years ago had that really crazy off season? Yeah, well they got Danilo Gallinari, Bogdanovic. Um, yeah, and they just threw and it was after they traded for Capella, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like, wow, they, they could have this really amazing offense. And it has been pretty good at points. Um They were second in the league offensively last year, I think. Yeah, so basically it was a really good offense. Um yeah, it's felt like, oh yeah, they should be on the edge of competing since then, but they've just been so, so bad defensively. So it's kind of, I know, like you say, it, can just having another good defensive player on the court like make up for that shortcoming? Trey has to get better. That's a huge amount of it. Yeah. Is Murray, Murray makes it a bit easier and he's so good that like that, Gives you someone to throw at other great perimeter players, like he can guard yeah. Jalen Brown in a playoff series, um, or James Harden, and that's like that's an asset. But Trey Young still got to play better on the defensive end anyway. Um, and the, I don't, I'm not as concerned about the fit with those two as I am with the Timberwolves. Although there is also a bit of me that's like. The way the fit is going to work best there is actually if you have Trey off ball quite a lot. Yeah. Because he's well, a better off ball player make, in theory. I mean, they could make them even better offensively. Yeah. Well, you've got another playmaker. Yeah. And you might you get maybe get even more out of Trey as a shooter, hopefully. With that. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, they could, that could be just like absolutely ridiculous. Like, an unstoppable offense, but just yeah, not 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 um, easy to see how they defend that well with with Trey playing all the time. And they're still a really young team as well, aren't they? Yeah, they traded away Herter for not a great deal. I think that was a lottery protected first. And like um, Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless, I think it's basically like trying to because they've they're in this young team coming up together thing 
where everyone starts to get paid. Collins has got his contract. Trey's contract is coming in. Hurt has already been paid. They've now got rid of Gallinari's, Gallinari's salary. Um, and Bogdanovich is still on the books. DeAndre Hunter's going to have an extension coming up. And they've now got this huge payroll. Yeah. And then you end up losing your depth. And it's it's a strange part. This is where like, the decisions really matter. They're going to trade John Collins. That's why I liked it for Atlanta, is I thought it was going to be like, maybe you ditch the lottery protected first and they end up having John Collins in that deal. But they've still got him as another trade asset if they want to trade him. I don't really know why they want to trade him, but they seem to want to do that. Yeah, that seems to be going on for ages. Yeah, I think some of it, it sounds like he wants to go because uh, a little bit of one of these where if you're kind of trying to make your career and take a step up, playing next to these completely ball-dominant guys, it sounds like it's good. If you're if, if you're content with being like a high-level role-player guy, it's you get loads of open yeah. threes and stuff. But if you want to yeah. be more than that, actually playing... Well, maybe a bit of that with Jalen Brunson as well, with Luca is can I have the ball sometimes kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, you're not you're not on the highlight reel as much, are you, with those guys? No. I guess if you are, you're there. Just they're taking the open free. Yeah. Or occasionally a dunk in Collins's case, okay, I suppose. But like okay. you're not getting to yeah. do stuff yourself. And if that's kind of where you go from the level he's at, where he's like really good supporting piece, improved as a defender, good rebounder, three point shooter, and can be the role guy. Um how you get to like the next level is by being allowed to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Although I guess also with guys like that is there's to have that, you probably need to go, I don't know where you go, somewhere there where there's not a great team probably. Well, you end up doing the Jeremy Grant thing potentially. And now he's ended yeah. up, there's another trade we didn't mention yet is that he ended up going to Portland and now he's going to be back closer to the role he was in, which he left in free agency. Yeah, although I guess he got the money. Yeah, he got the money and he got to have his couple of seasons scoring a load of points. For an absolutely terrible team. Yeah. Well, part of it um, is they had to get him out of the way so that he's not doing that anymore because they've got their backcourt. Like, we don't want yeah. you We don't want your wife swing on the wing. We've got, the guy, we've got some other guys to that now. It's a strange, strange thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what other... What 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 are the other big trades, big moves? Um, well, Brogdon was a big one. Brogdon, yeah, yeah, that's big, isn't it? Finalists. Yeah. So we just Losing just to points. go back, you were relatively low on the the Murray and Trey thing, were you? Um, I wouldn't say I'm. That alone, I mean, they've not paid too high a price. I think Murray is basically a very good player to have, isn't he? It's just the... And I guess as if you're talking about the, like, path to a championship thing again. Yeah, I'm not sure it actually gets you that much closer. No. Also, the price thing is a weird one, because I thought when I first saw it, well, that's not too bad. They've kept all their players who are basically, like, positive value pieces. And those picks... Although it can change very quickly, as we've seen with the Nets um, and the Rockets, who now have the most incredible haul of assets from the Nets in the Harden trade, um, yeah, is 
well, 2023, 2025 first and their own in 2027 is like, who knows actually if Trey's going to be there where the Hawks are. My first thought with that is like, well, the Hawks are not going to suck then, probably. But I mean, I guess that, yeah. that could be wrong. The, it is a bit of a risk, but they've got Trey under contract until most, like, I think basically around then. Yeah, in a in a way, he raises your floor by just like your offense is going to be so good that you you can't suck that much. I think. Yeah, but it's a weird thing of like looking at like where they are at the moment. It's also they're just so defined by Trey. It's it's almost like it doesn't it's it doesn't matter that much what they do in terms of trades and stuff because it's just about how Trey Young improves and develops. And if he because it, if he doesn't they're gonna have the same amazing problems. offensive player. They were second league offensively. He's awful defensively. And they were twenty sixth. Yeah. Defensively. Bit, bit of the leadership thing as well. Like we said with Steph over and over in the playoffs is um yeah. is like how, when your best player same thing with the Timberwolves at points, when your best player is really bad defensively it's not just like the on court, they get targeted, they're a weak spot thing. I think there's also just a, like setting standards about how hard you yeah. play defensively a lot of the time. I mean, he, he is only 23, so I mean, that is still like a while, you know. Yeah, no, mate, that team is really Same. good potentially. If you have, if he does get his act together on that end, particularly, and you have him playing off ball away from Murray. And then you have DeAndre yeah. Hunter, and you can convince Collins to stay, and a Kongwu keeps developing. So, well, that's suddenly a hell of a five. Yeah, because basically, like you said, that offense is so good. Like, just don't be terrible defensively. Like, if you can just get like a stop occasionally, that would be useful. Yeah, because it's the rest of it is not like it's small, is it? Either they've got no. the size and the like actual good defensive players and stuff. It's like they just. It, it does just all come down to Trey Young, which is kind of quite ridiculous pressure. But that's the that's the deal with being a star, though, isn't it? In the NBA, yeah. Which is it's kind of the thing where it's hard to say that much about it because it's just their success is literally just on how Trey Young improves as a defender as he develops. Um. Yeah. Anyway, the. To the Brogdon trade. Yes. Because that is... Well, they their problem was giving a lot of turnovers. I mean, Marcus Smart had been given the point guard job last year and it, it was going well. So they got to the finals. They were quite good. But and then it, then, then it fell apart. Yeah, just a lot of turnovers. Um, but then Malcolm Brogdon is kind of one of these... He's, you would have thought, like, the, I guess, I don't know, there may be, like, the pure kind of response and obvious solution to that is get, like, a floor general kind of guy, which Brogdon isn't really, is he's kind of a... It's a combo, really. A combo I saw guy. some people describing him as a floor general when the trade happens. I don't know, if like, they've never seen him play before. Um, but the reason he's a good fit is that he's not that. Is he's not a, every, yeah. I have to completely control the offense. Is there's still room for the offense to yeah. function as it was before. And then there's like, when they do need to get it under control, because that's part of the issue they were having, particularly against the Warriors, was like, it just never got like, 
to a manageable once it started going wrong it just went more and more wrong and brogdon is a guy that can like right i'll i'll take control of it here um some of it as well was because they were lacking a bit of that playmaking brown and tate were having to do more and having to like completely create for themselves a lot yeah and and turn the ball over a lot and process and it gives someone to put them in position rather than like you walk it up you do the pick and roll right i'll sort yeah. it out then i'll give it to you and then you can do your stuff just yeah i i do quite like that as a fit and he's i mean he's just a very good player isn't he i'm such a big malcolm brogdon fan online he was such a big loss for the bucks as well um and like the injury stuff is the issue like he never plays a lot of games but because they've not given anything up they can rest him loads in the regular season. They can yeah. do like a Kawhi what, with him. Don't play him. What did they? What did they give up for? It was twenty twenty three first. The Celtics are going to be awesome. So that's like a twenty fifth to thirtieth pick, probably. Yeah. Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Jawan Howard, Nick Stauskitz, and Malik Fitz. So like no players basically. Yeah. None of there, their rotation. There are lots of players, but none of them that are going to be born. None of them played in more. in their top eight basically, when it mattered. And that was the issue, yeah. was the top eight. They didn't trust the back end of the top eight. And then the top guys were having to play too many minutes and they all got knackered. They've got another guy they can trust. He also is great yeah. off ball. He's a really good high-volume shooter and he can attack the basket and get to the free-throw line. Good, yeah. solid defender. It's like, I just, this is an absolute home run of a trade. And it's all because the health stuff is the reason yeah. he's so cheap is he's going to be injured sometimes. And that yeah. doesn't matter to the Celtics that much. I guess that, yeah, the thing is, I guess it maybe leads to Marcus Smart having a lesser role again. Do you reckon? What, like ball handling wise, yeah. Yeah, or even minutes. Um, Maybe. I don't think that's the worst thing if they can... Because part of their surge at the end was they just like shortened their rotation and ended up with their starters playing like crazy minutes. And the playoffs, yeah. they were playing crazy minutes and kept going seven games because they kept blowing stuff when they shouldn't have done. Um, yeah, I, also, I think Brogdon, they're going to have, they'll be really careful with him in the regular season, I think. I bet he doesn't. Yeah. They probably rest him an enormous amount. So yeah, so you smart still has a lot of minutes there, and to be honest, yeah, you do, you can see that we could have Brogdon, Smart, Tate, and Brown, Williams. Yeah, Horford on the bench. Danilo Gallinari yeah. is another one where like they need. Needed... Yeah, gives you the option of yeah. Danilo Gallinari is another nice one there. You have him and um, you push put him in instead of Smart really offensive like a lot of shooting or you then have, or maybe even Horford instead of Williams as well who you can shoot yeah well the Gallinari and, thing is basically they needed some shooting off the bench they've got that yeah they needed someone who can run the offense and score a bit off the bench they got that in Brogdon and this is a team that was two wins away from the title yeah so I think they're basically like title favorites ish now um and then we'll wait and see what happens with durant i guess because that could obviously change things um yeah i mean i think that conversation is um yeah that is going to change around a lot in the next few days isn't it but that was i just thought they've had a hell of an off season there and yeah they've 
basically done exactly what you've needed to do, which often I think in, I don't know, I always think of this in, um, in sport in general, a lot of the time, that is often the way, like just before a team has a really good season, you know, they, they finally win something. You will just have that, like they're, they're good and there's just a couple of areas they can improve a little bit and they just improve those areas. Don't do anything else. You don't need to do anything leave, crazy. leave the rest of it alone. Don't mess around with it too yeah, much. The rest of it was really good. You just a couple of tweaks. And that's exactly what they've done. The thing with this as well is they gave up like, so they gave up next year's first. They've obviously got firsts going in the Derek White deal. But they did not giving up any of their playoff rotation to get Gallinari and Brogdon. I get yeah. all the stuff about Brogdon's always hurt and like whatever. Fine. But that's the thing is, even if he does miss loads of time next year, it doesn't matter because they didn't give up anything. They they didn't even, apparently yeah. Indiana wanted Grant Williams. They didn't even have to give him up. Didn't have to throw in Peyton Pritchard or anything like that. They've basically got the team that got to the finals is whole. And they've just added stuff. Like that's really impressive to be able to do that. And the other, the Warriors have lost Porter, Peyton, Bielitsa. Toscano Anderson and Peyton and Porter particularly were really important for them. But then the other flip side with the Warriors, they got DiVincenzo, who looks like could be like a bargain um, yeah. defender and guy who shot 38% for three before his injury. And then their additions to their rotation are going to be three lottery picks that they've had in the last couple of years, is basically the idea, isn't it? Is they replaced those yeah. guys with Wiseman? They did, yeah, they didn't. I mean, and they didn't have Clay for. Good chunk of last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, like Kaminga and Moody getting more time. And then it, and then you've got Wiseman as just like a wild card of who knows. But Yeah, it's quite a good wild obviously. card to have though, isn't it? Seven footer that incredibly athletic and can shoot a bit. Taken yeah. second overall. Um, just try to think if there's any other teams think- stuff that's particularly interesting. Um, I mean, a lot happened, didn't it? But it's Bruce Brown to the Nuggets, and they traded for Caldwell Pope. That was two moves I really liked. We're going to get perimeter defenders and guys who can shoot. Yeah, cut. that that Nuggets one though. Did you see? I mean, some of the reaction to that trade. Or what about the cutting salary stuff? It was very like there was a lot of people that were very much like about how it was a terrible trade for the Nuggets. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I didn't I didn't think that was... at all. I thought so. Barton is not a great defender and he did not finish last year well. Monte Morris yeah. is a really good backup point guard. I like the the Grizzlies kept Tyus yeah. Jones, which is nice for them as well. That doesn't they, win you titles, they, though. Backup point guards yeah, they, don't win you titles. They've downgraded their backup point guard, basically, to upgrade like a starting wing. And they've got Bones Highland. And Jamal Murray should be coming back. Bones Highland, is the, the idea is, and he had some like great moments last year, he'll be the guard off the bench. Like, yeah. I just can tell you, we've seen what Caldwell Pope did as a like point of attack defender and like perimeter shooter with the Lakers when they won the title. He's like a knockdown shooter who can cut a bit and he's going to be playing with Jokic. Then they've got Bruce Brown as well, another really good outside defender and cutter yeah. who shot quite well last year. So, well, they seem like the guys you might want next to Jokic. Yeah. I think the thing with them as well, uh, with M- Murray coming back, obviously, such a long injury. Don't know what he's going to be like. But before that Murray injury, which was ages ago now, seems like, 
Yeah, it does feel like about a million years ago, roughly, doesn't it? That. But they were like right there, weren't they? As like among the favourites, they they had like that incredible end to the season, hadn't they? Yeah. After the Aaron Gordon trade, and it's like they've finally like they've got a defensive player. They can now defend, and they had an incredible offense. And it was just like they're just going to roll to the title here. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I I think that they'll be a lot better next year, won't they? Is Porter Michael Porter Jr. is the big thing, isn't it? Is so his health is more of a mystery. Murray is like he's coming off an ACL, but people recover from ACLs pretty well these days. It's not the injury it yeah. was. But Porter with the long term health concerns and the fact that this this back thing again is like, well, can he be healthy for a whole year? Because we've I mean, seen it, how good he looks when he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the back that back thing literally the reason he wasn't number one overall, wasn't it? Basically, and it's like if they've got him, if you tell me they have him for the whole of the well, even if it's just the playoffs, if they have him fully healthy for the playoffs, because they're obviously going to get there as a decent seed, they got there as a half decent seed with neither their second or third best player last year. Um, I'd ha- I think I'd potentially pick them as it stands out of the West. Because that that five man group when it was Barton, there was a really small sample. Yeah. Do you remember they just like outscored everyone by about a million points per possession, yeah. one hundred possessions with that group, and they've upgraded the defense there. And the Brown pickup is just such a. If you've got stars that can shoot, he's like the guy you want next to them. It like if yeah. if you've got Embiid as your main guy, it doesn't work quite as well. But if you've got like Jokic. And Porter and Murray, that sort of like defender who can cut and can is at least going to take the outside shot a lot of the time. Just there's such a good piece to have next to them, I think. Yeah, it can be their maybe their Gary Payton. Yeah, it's basically the same role, isn't it? Who's gone to the Blazers? Another one they've got a star that can shoot. We need. Yeah, we need defenders. We're going for all the defenders around him. Weird one, the Blazers, though, isn't it? I mean, did we mention that in the previous podcast, the Anthony Simons thing? Yeah, well, he got his contract as expected, yeah. He got his contract, but basically, ages it was like, oh, we've got two small guards on, like, big contracts. We have to play both of them. Not working. To finally trade CJ McCollum, they've just given, given the money to another one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I, Simons was amazing at the end of last year, but I'm, I don't know what else they could do. The The only way that, like, is they need to be quicker to pull the trigger. If they do basically have the same problems. Yeah. And Although the issue is that Lillard then may ask out. But is they, they, they at least, he's going to be an asset on that deal, is if they can then do, like, a Simons plus picks for a guy that does provide what you need next to Lillard. Yeah. You obviously can't let Simon just walk, but maybe if there is a way you get a defendy wing guy, sort of just about substar sort of player. But at, yeah. at the moment, it looks like what is going to be Lillard, Simon's combination of Peyton and Josh Hart, then Jeremy Grant, and then Yusuf Nurkic. And it's better than the teams they've had before. Like, Grant is better than the fours they were running out for a while. Hart and Peyton are better than a lot of the guys they were having before. 
But I mean, when they get to the playoffs, they're still going to have two tiny guards. This is this exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're, they're a weird one, aren't they? They were actually were bad last year as well for the first time in a while, really. But maybe they'll, they'll just be back to where they were, of just like a low playoff team, maybe or maybe not. I think they'll be up basically when Lillard plays the full season. That's where they get to, isn't it? He's like he's that good, and they've got enough around yeah. him. But I I can't see them being like a top four. They're one of those that's like top half of the play in, or on the road in the first round kind of team. And maybe they upset someone. Maybe that like the offense Lillard has one of those series where he averages like forty a game, and okay, they go through. Yeah, but they they seem to be content with that. Uh, well, maybe they're not, but these moves suggest they're relatively content with doing that because I that team's not after what we just said about the Nuggets, and we've not even spoken about the Clippers yet, who re-signed some of their guys and they got John Wall as just like another player because they just keep adding more and more players and they took Covington and Powell off the Blazers and stuff. Like the Clippers are so stacked, they have so much depth and they've got their guy. Like if they're healthy, they're going to be. All right, so um, just before we wrap up, let's um, talk about the 76ers quickly and the uh, the Harden deal. Yes. The fact that, well, Harden's lack of deal as, at the moment, but he hasn't, it's not been confirmed what he's signing yet, but he's dropping from what was going to be, I think it was 46 or 47 million, his player option, that he turned down. And um, we can tell by the fact they got the biannual and the mid-level um, that it's going to be somewhere in like the mid-30s, I think, basically, mid to late 30s, um, which they used to get PJ Tucker and Daniel House to recreate the 2019 Rockets or whatever it is, 2018 Rockets. Yeah, the one, are those the ones that missed like 30 freezing the row or was that? I think it's, yeah, it's around, it's around that time. I'm not sure if House was on the team then, but he was with Harden and Tucker for a while. Um, and they also got DeAnthony Mountain as well. So like toughness, shooting, defense stuff, basically. That's the stuff you want next to Harden and Bede. Yeah. Um, the funny one, isn't it, that? I mean, they're, they're basically freed up space to get PJ Tucker. I don't know. They've, they've still got Tobias Harris on loads of money. I don't know. How, how does that work? I assume some of it will be that Tucker is now their backup five as well, which has obviously been a long-running issue for them. Yeah, so they I get they just play a different... Well, you have to just play a totally different way when Embiid's not on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the Melton pickup. He like shot really well on catch and shoot and from the corners last year. Um, I like you said with Trey, where basically the Hawks as a whole, a lot of it is just about him. The reports are already coming out about Harden's taking the conditioning seriously and stuff. It's like, well, we don't really know that. I mean, I don't know how much weight we can place in in James Harden's like. Well, we need to see it, really. It doesn't matter. Everyone seems to be the shape of their lives in the off-season, don't they? Um, but that's really what matters here, is he's not going to be the 35 points a game guy, but yeah. can he be better than the guy that we saw in the playoffs? 
does like a proper off season to heal his hamstring, like does that change where he's at and he can just be this like playmaker who occasionally can yeah. like take over offensively when Embiid's on the bench or whatever. That's what really is going to decide if the Sixers are anything, like if they're a title contender. Yeah. Yeah, I think it very much, very much like the Hawks thing in a way that is, it is really down to one player. In this case, obviously James Harden. It's just what, what is James Harden going to be? Yeah, you know, it feels almost, reductive, it almost, doesn't it? It's almost like I can, think it's partly Robert, that Embiid is now having back-to-back seasons where it's when he's healthy, he's like a top three player in the league, basically, or top five if you want to be like critical, maybe. Um, so you know what you get from him. The other guys, like it seems relatively reliable. I mean, Harris just had his best playoffs of his career. He's improved a lot defensively. He started taking the open shot since they got Harden. Maxi like maybe improves a bit, but this team is only like a title contender if James Harden is a lot better than the James Harden we saw last year. Like he has to be, or they're just they're not going to be able to beat the Bucks and Celtics. Yeah. And one the thing with him. Not Sounds like it would be three, option, though, rather than like the potential really um, dangerous. They're now going to have him thing. on a longer term deal. Even if it's left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even so, the way he's been trending the last couple of years. Um, if they suck kind of this it, year, I think there's a very good chance. It's kind of thing where if he's not good. At the end of the season. It really does stop them competing. Well, they can't get better. And Tucker even is, a th- I think that's three, isn't it? And I mean, he's... Yeah, because... It, it, yeah, he's like late 30s, giving him three years. Like, however well he played last year, is like there's real downside here. Yeah, isn't he really old now? There's also yeah, quite a lot of upside. I mean, they've ultimately... We're saying about the Celtics got better without giving away their players. Is the Celtics yeah. obviously starting from a higher place? Uh, yeah. But... The Sixers have like an MVP candidate, a really talented young guard, and James Harden, like whatever he ends up being. And then they've just added pieces that complement those three players. So like, that's it's hard not for the offseason to be a win in that case. Because there was not that much they could do, to be honest, other than this, and they've done it. And Harden also, I think, yeah. does deserve some praise for the fact that he um did turn down that yeah. option. And- He's probably losing like ten million in salary next year to make the team better. He could have just taken that option and then been a free agent at the end of next season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a thing I've had said. Is like, does it show like a kind of? Attitude thing from Harden. No, it's like best say he's selfless not. No. kind of move um, for the team. Because he's not usually been like associated with that, has he? That kind of thing. So who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's a changed man. <laughs> I'm gonna um, 
Yeah, because it's it is very, so much on it. Very intriguing, can... aren't they? Like it might. Can, in true Sixers fashion, it could all come crumbling down and maybe and win a title. I mean, you just they hope he stays healthy, and particularly in the playoffs. Like, no one elbow him in the face and break his face and stuff again. That would be quite good just to be able to see him since he's been this version of Embiid to be properly healthy and in a functioning team would be pretty exciting. Um, but that has been the case for a few years, really. Their like range of outcomes for next year is just enormous. Like it's quite feasible that it goes wrong. Same Harden looks like the guy who was last year. Tucker looks old and they've got him stuck on a contract and Embiid wants to leave yeah. in twelve months' time. Or they could win the title. Like I I wouldn't put I don't have percentages to put on those things, but both those things feel like very much in the realm of possibility. No, no, it's like, yeah, any of those. The most likely thing is probably they're losing the second round to the Celtics. Yeah, the Bucks, but there we go. I don't know which way I'd lead at the moment, yeah. either, to be honest. Yeah, they'd find a way to not do it in a boring way, though. It will be some sort of hilarious collapse, I reckon, if they do manage to do yeah, that. Yeah, which is be very, very boring again. Yeah, we've covered a lot, haven't we, really? Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, let's let's wrap up. I think not a lot, and we're probably going to be back again very soon when the big news happens. Um, so yeah, review, comment. Uh, um, for off-season stuff, go and check out the website. The There's platforms. loads of stuff up there. There's um, stuff grading the teams, grading each deal, yeah, reaction else? to all kinds of things. Yeah, and we've got a summer league piece coming out in the next day or two, which is will be interesting. Franchisesports.co.uk. Bye. Great. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>